Pastor Xavier Reese, supporting the simple truth that God's Word needs no assistance. We must come to the Word of God with great reverence. We should not interpret the Word of God according to our culture, according to our religion, according to liberal theology that is being taught today so much in churches, liberal churches. What we know about God and the things of God, it's a work of the Spirit that illuminates us. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Wall or no wall, inclusion or sovereignty, it seems that man is always trying to dictate history according to what they believe is best for them. Well, today, Pastor Xavier takes us to the Old Testament and shares what God's Word says about what's to come. And in spite of our best efforts, God's Word and His will will always prevail. Today's simple truths come with this important reminder in a study entitled, Only by God's Spirit. Let's listen. Zechariah chapter 4, the entire chapter, verse 1 through 14, the message entitled, Only by God's Spirit. Notice here in verse 1, the prophet Zechariah is approached by the angel for the vision. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man is awakened out of his sleep. The point being that between the last vision and this one, that Zechariah had dozed off. Remember, he's receiving all these visions in one night, okay? The last vision was of the reclothing of Joshua the high priest as the representative of the nation in chapter 3. The vision now is the building of the temple and the completion here in chapter 4. The prophet Zechariah was questioned by the angel about the vision. And he said to me, what do you see? Now the perception of the prophet Zechariah is being here checked or examined. And it was needed to be assured that what he was seeing was with clarity because it's going to be communicated to the people of God. He confirmed what he was seeing in the vision. So I said, I am looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, like the lampstand in the tabernacle as well as the temple of Solomon. Exodus twenty-five thirty-one. you have the tabernacle there. He describes the specific details for the replenishing of the oil here in the seven lamps of the lampstand. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Now, verse 3, Zechariah told the angels he saw two more things. He stated what he saw. Two olive trees are by it. One at the right of the bowl and the other on the left. So I answered and I spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, What are these, my Lord? He had no idea what they indicated or meant spiritually. The response of the angel was that he was surprised that Zechariah did not know. Even those things he was familiar with in terms of a lampstand, he was surprised. Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. In verse 6 and 7, the proclamation to Zechariah called him to believe in faith. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The work of the temple could not be accomplished by might, human ability, or power 
human strength. This was a divine work of God. They were not to depend on human abilities to finish the temple. It would not do. The Spirit of God and the oil and the lampstand will be tied together for the interpretation for oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Now notice verse 7. The angel declared the affirmation of the accomplishment about the seeming impossibility of the task of the temple. The obstacles would be removed. Listen, who are you, O great mountain? Mountains are symbolic of power and kingdoms. The discouragement by the Samaritans and the false accusations against them to Xerxes had ceased the work for 16 years. God said, all this I'm going to remove. The one to see it would be Zerubbabel. Listen, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. The governor of Judah, Zerubbabel, would finish the temple. Listen, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. The capstone is the finishing stone. The sound would be shouts of grace, beauty, favor, kindness, and pleasantness. God said work. Look at 8 through 10. The confirmation of Zechariah was one that assured him again the completion of the building of the temple. In verse 8, the angel continued to speak to Zechariah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, here again, once again, he qualifies the source of the revelation, the word of the Lord. The angel received it and gave it to Zechariah. John in the revelation, God gives it to the son, the son to the angel, the angel to John, John to us. That chain of command. The word to Zechariah declared three things. Mark it well in verse 9. Yahweh declared what he had already had accomplished by his hand. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. The work has ceased for 16 years as we said. They resumed it just uh, recently in Haggai chapter 1 verse 15. August 24, 520 B.C. The second year of Darius, remember. Now Yahweh secondly declared what would be accomplished by him. His hand shall also finish it. The date at this time is 519 B.C. Four years after they resumed the work through the preaching of Haggai. Haggai 1.15. So three years from here, four years from the commencement. What he's saying right now is still in the future. It's a calling for faith to trust and believe God's word, right? In spite of the circumstance, the situation, emotions, feeling, difficulties, I'm doing something. Just follow me. Just trust me. The angel declared Zechariah would clearly know he was from God. Listen, then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The angel was the messenger of God revealing the future at the present. Look at 10. The work of God is overseen by God himself. Always. Simple principle. God observes those who value highly the work of God, even though it may seem, listen carefully, insignificant. Listen to his words. For who has despised the day of small things? I have been privileged, and some of you also have been privileged to see God raise up a church from one man who repented, who God led to start a Bible study, and it turned into a church way back in 1980. And here we are, 36, 37 years later. The small things are necessary to prove 
our faithfulness. You as parents are training your children in the small things as they start growing up to pick up their room, to do their chores, to help around, because you're preparing them for the bigger things in life. The small things are to prepare us for the bigger things that God has. God delights as he sees doing the work of God. Listen to his words. For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. God just delights using you. God just delights using people for his glory and his work as he wants to do certain things. The word rejoice means to make glad. The plumb line is used to make sure something is straight or to find out if it's crooked. But also here it means that Zerubbabel was involved in the work of God. He had obeyed and responded, left Babylon and come as difficult, whatever it is, but he's involved in it. And notice in verse 10 still, God interprets the phrase, seven, uh, these seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. As you can see, if you read carefully, everything's interpreted for us. There's no way you can miss what's being said. God sees all things. He's omniscient. He knows all things. Can't learn anything. Nothing surprises him. He's omnipresent. He's present every time, everywhere, at the same time. That's a nifty attribute to have. God scans the earth constantly. Nothing escapes him. He's already told us in chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. The horns and the uh, craftsmen or the smiths, whatever the translation, uh, go out as his watchers, the angels. Not that he needs them, but his eyes go to and fro as well as the angelic watch. Zechariah was being declared here as having inside information to make known to the people of God. Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11, 2. John the Beloved in Revelation 1, 4 says, To the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you, peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. That doesn't mean seven holy spirits. It's the reference to the seven. Seven is the number of Completeness, not perfection. Completeness. Seven days in a week, seven basic colors, seven note, music notes, eight is a new beginning. Okay? It's completeness, not perfection. You remember a woman whose husband had died in Scripture, and she cried out to Elijah that the creditors were going to take her two sons as slaves. And so Elijah says, um, go out and gather as many Empty vessels as you can from your neighbor, your friends, your whoever. Get and don't get a few. Get a whole bunch. She came back. Oh, I got them. Said, go in your house. Shut the door. Take the the oil that you have, that little bottle of oil, that little jar, and start pouring into the vessels. And finally, she came. There was no more vessels. She said, "I did." He said, "Now go sell some of the oil, pay your creditors, and live on the rest." You say, Xavier, you believe that? Absolutely. Just as much as I believe God saved you and forgave you and that you're a new creature. There's no difference between those two miracles. Absolutely no difference. Do you believe God's word? Do you rationalize it? Do you allow the intellect of man to rob you of your faith? I hope not. 
Only as we continue to empty ourselves to be vessels of God will the Spirit of God continually empower us. God will not fill vessels full of themselves. You must empty yourself to be filled by God. It's real simple. The greatest work God wants to do in each of us is the spiritual work in our lives, in and throughout our body. For our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-21 tells us. Beginning with a true repentance from a life of sin, being cleansed and regenerated. Continuing the process of life in the Spirit, becoming more like Jesus, less like us. As we are single, we can only live holy and unto the Lord by His power. As married, the only way we can enjoy marriage is if we are walking in the Spirit. If you're married and you're not walking in the Spirit as husband and wife, you're, you're playing football without a helmet. It may be fun for a while, but it'll get kind of achy after a while. Finishing well, having grown, developed, and matured through life. Matthew 5, 25, 23 puts it this way. Uh, in one of the parables, he says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Do you despise the day of small things? Sweeping, picking up, we wash the toilets, whatever it is. Do you think yourself beyond this? Do you, do you, where, where do you hold yourself regarding the things of God? It's important. The work of God can only be done by God's Spirit. When God calls a person to ministry, He uh, equips them by spiritual gifts. And with spiritual gifts, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 11, 1 Peter 4, 10 says you have at least one gift. God also enables the person by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on a continuous basis as we yield and depend upon the Lord. Acts 1.8, Terry in Jerusalem to you be endued with power from on high. The empowerment for service. Ephesians 5.18, keep on keeping on being filled with the Spirit of God. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. Jeremiah 17.5, it's great for those who attempt to do ministry by the might and power of their flesh. Thus saith the Lord... Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Asa was humble, weak, dependent on the Lord until he became strong. And then he no longer trusted God. Ooh. The evidence of being called, enabled, and empowered by God is the efficiency and effectiveness to accomplish the work of God that a person is called to do. And size and popularity never matters. Do not despise the day of small things. You just make sure that wherever you're going, that they're teaching the word of God and they're pointing you to Jesus, not to themselves. Second Corinthians 4, 5 through 7 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ but we have this treasure in the Zerstan vessel that the excellence and the power may be of God and not of ourselves the revelation to Zechariah revealed it was related to the completion of the temple notice the third scene in last 11 through 14 the interpretation of the symbol related to the temple he puts it all together. The prophet Zechariah asked again the explanation of the symbols of the vision, 11 through 12. In 11, the prophet addressed the angel. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees and at, at, at the right of the lamb standing at the left? At first, 
He had asked that back in verse 4, referring to the lampstand, the seven pipes, and the two olive trees. The prophet now wanted to know the connection between the two olive trees and the supply of the oil. And I, I further answered and said to him, what are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? Zechariah could see the two olive branches from the two olive trees that were constantly supplying the oil needed for the lamb to continue to burn and give light. Very obvious. He's got good vision, but the perception is not as good. So in verse 6, Zechariah has already been told, personally, the work of God can only be done by the Spirit of God. But somehow he can't make these connections. The principle was applied to Zerubbabel in verse 7. The governor who was going to be responsible for accomplishing the building of the temple. But Zechariah still cannot connect the dots. He can't put them together. Once again revealing that what we know about God and the things of God is not because we're so smart or educated. But it's a work of the Spirit that illuminates us. That's good, ladies and gentlemen. So we don't think we're so hot. Some people are, well, oh, they're going to start the book of Matthew. Oh, I've, I've already gone to the book of Matthew. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Got it all, huh? All right. Look at verse 13 through 14. The prophet Zechariah received the explanation of the symbols by the angel. The response of the angel for the second time was, to his surprise, that Zechariah did not know. Then the answer he answered me and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. The words once again imply that he should have known. No explanation is given to us, but somehow he figured he should have known. He admitted his ignorance, and he admitted he needed help to understand. So it's good on one side, bad on the other. He had no idea, again, of what it indicated spiritually or what it meant spiritually. Then in 14, the angel provided Zechariah with the understanding of the two olive trees and the constant supply of oil. It was the Spirit of God that was going to build and finish the work of the temple. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Who's the two? First Joshua, chapter 3, verse 1. Listen. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. We saw that last week. Joshua's one, the representative of the nation. He's been cleansed. The second, he gives us, and by name now, Zerubbabel. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. It could be long-term wise that these two that stand before the Lord of the whole earth also could be the two witnesses in Revelation. One Elijah, and we've already talked about him, and it could be either Enoch, or it could be Zerubbabel, or it could be John. I don't want to get sidetracked. We already covered that. But this could be a short-term and long-term prophecy of the two that stand before the Lord of all the earth, two witnesses. Listen to Jeremiah 23, 29-32. Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who steal my words from everyone from his neighbor. In other words, they just repeat each other's sayings and sermons like parrots. Behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who use their tongues to say, he says. In other words, they're saying God sent them. Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them 
and cause my people to err from their, by their lies and their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit his people at all, says the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 29-32. It grieves the Lord as so many fraudulently represent God today to manipulate the people of God. But you, the people of God, are responsible to judge everything. Be a good Berean, Acts 17, 11. Everything by the plumb line. We must come to the word of God with great reverence. We should not interpret the word of God according to our culture, according to our religion, according to liberal theology that is being taught today so much in churches, liberal churches, emerging churches, seeker-friendly churches. We should not try to alter, change, or omit, or add to the word of God. Listen to Deuteronomy 4.2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord Yahweh your God, which I command you. So in the law, that cannot take away. Proverbs 30, verse 6. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you are found a liar. A lot of liars today over the pulpits. And in the pews, the chairs of churches. Proverbs 30, verse 6. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Revelation twenty-two eighteen. God honors his word above his name. You do not mess with his word. We should study the entire word of God. Not just prophecy. Not just the gifts. Not just the gospels. Not just the book of Revelation. Not just the New Testament. All the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. 39 in the Old. 27 in the New. 66 books. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Paul told the Ephesian elders, For I have not shunned to declare to you the full counsel of God. Acts 20, verse 27. Any pastor that doesn't teach you Genesis to Revelation, if they're not walking through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, they're not giving you the whole counsel of God. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A workman does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. The word dividing the word of truth is like a point man. Cutting the blaze for the army that's coming behind him straight through that forest. Let me give you some things to remember. As long as I am emptying myself daily, God will continue to fill me. God cannot fill a vessel that's full of self. Impossible. As long as there is a constant emptying of empty vessels in the church where the work of God is going on, the Holy Spirit will fill you, the vessels, to be involved and to do a great work for God. It works on both ways, pew and pulpit. It's a marriage, ladies and gentlemen. We may not like each other at times, but we're one. Just like husband and wife, no different. Every believer is to know that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew twenty six forty one. We're to be spirit filled, spirit empowered. The interpretation of the symbols revealed, it was related to the temple. The angel put all the dots together for Zechariah. So the vision of the lampstand with the two olive trees was given to be confidently assured that the completion of the temple would come to pass. Unfolding for us in these three scenes, the introduction of the symbols revealed to Zechariah were related to the temple. The revelation of Zechariah revealed it was related to the completion of the temple, and the interpretation of the symbols revealed it was related to the temple. This chapter is all about the temple. If you go somewhere else, you've gone on this rabbit trail. (laughs) 
It's all about the temple, what God was going to be doing. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of the dwelling place of God. More simple truths he draws from the Old Testament prophet Zechariah today. Now you can request a copy of this study titled Israel, the Priestly Nation, available on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title you'll be asking for once again is Israel, the Priestly Nation. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com